As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. All right, let's hear it for our reviewer of the week. Woo. This is K.I. or Kai Hilner. She said, love it. So helpful. I'm pregnant with my third baby, and I'm so glad I found this podcast. My first baby was induced with an epidural. My second was a super fast labor with no time for an epidural, and I was panicking because I had not mentally prepared. Oh, sorry. Not mentally or physically prepared for that type of birth experience. Now pregnant with my third, I wanted to do as much preparation as possible to have an unmedicated birth now that I know I can do it. This podcast has been so helpful in relieving some of the fear and stress I've been having about birth. I just signed up for the My Essential Birth course and I'm so excited to become even more confident and prepared for birth. Do you know what's funny about this is we we do these monthly live labor rehearsals in our members group and we just did a scenario where one of the moms had like a suit it was like a super fast labor and I asked them after I was like, so were you guys, are you prepared mentally, physically for that kind of an experience? And I remember one of the girls was like, nope, <laughs> no, I'm not. Glad but this, you said that. She's cause. like, this gives me something to think about. So I love that you took both of your experiences and like put them together into, okay, I need I'd like be- a little more information. Right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of just the progression of like a lot of women's experiences, right? I know yeah. it was mine. Like you have these experiences and you're like, uh, yeah, I think I want a little more information. So <laughs> happy to have you in the course. Super happy to have you following us on the podcast. Thank you for leaving the review. All right. Steph and I talk so much about visualization, right? Like visualize your labor. Is it, does it match up with the choices thus far that you have for yourself for birth? But a lot of you are going, well, I've never done this before. I really don't know what to expect when I arrive at my birthplace. And so um, that's kind of what we want to focus on today. Now, we, you guys know, Stephanie and I are huge proponents of birth center birth, home birth. It's every bit as safe for mothers who are having like an unmedicated vaginal delivery. Um, But we know that the majority of you listening are likely going to be giving birth in a hospital. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to walk you through from the minute you pull up in your car until the time you leave an overview of what that looks like to maybe help you in visualizing your birth and the feelings that you 
have about it is that the kind of feeling you want to have out of your experience yeah and so I think we talk about this a lot right and we even have an episode and we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes but where we talk to you about visualizing your birth experience and why it's so important because as you walk through that visualization you'll have to decide wait where am I and how comfortable do I feel in this space or and if you know you're going to be in a hospital setting we absolutely recommend taking yourself through that experience what's it going to be like to be at home how far along do you want to be in that experience before you head to the hospital how comfortable you're going to be in the birth in the car while you're um, during labor and once you get to your birthplace what's that going to be like so yeah this is just as beautiful it's just going to add to that visualization that we talked about before so after you listen to this go back and add that in and I think you'll get a, a better idea of what you actually want exactly So we've kind of broken this up into chunks for you to make it a little bit more digestible. We have upon arrival, we've got, okay, once you're admitted, what does that look like? Um, And then we've got, you know, just a brief section on, well, what are the variations that you can get if you opt into certain things? And then um, we'll cover pushing and then you know, upon delivery of your baby and then postpartum and, you know, we'll send you on your way. So um, it'll kind of help to paint that picture for you, help you visualize a little bit better. So let's start off then upon arrival, however you've arrived at your birthplace, however long that drive was, (laughs) um, you know, whether it was fast and furious, if you're like, go super slow over all the bumps, you know, (laughs) and this might give you a better idea of how long you want to be at home, right? (laughs) Deciding on how you want to walk into that space. We just had actually um, a student, I'm not going to mention names because I haven't expressly gotten her permission, but she had like an hour long ride to her birthplace. And, um, she said, you know, we were leaving at the right time according to what my contractions were doing. She goes, but I didn't anticipate that I would have to go through transition in the car. And oh, she, she goes, the, <laughs> yeah. a little, a little fast. How well, far, when do you remember an, how far she was from the birthplace? An hour. It was an hour long oh, drive. Yes. So she may have left at the right time but right. when you're you know labor 20 can, minute drive versus yeah an and hour. you don't know how yeah. fast you're gonna go from active to transition and so she was like that that was a miserable experience for me yeah. so let me say though do you notice the difference between a mother early on like if she would have gotten into the car with enough time to make it to the hospital and then some mm-hmm. there's a good chance she would have gotten into the car and contractions would have stopped stopped I've that happened yeah. for me yeah that did when I was heading to my birth center you guys I was so excited my first out of hospital birth and we lived about I don't know 30 to 45 minutes away from this birth center so when my contractions were you know they were I knew I was in labor but we left too soon and I remember just kind of watching the timer in the car and telling Nate, I was like, I, uh, these are like starting to spread out again. This hasn't happened to me before. Um, so it took a little while to kind of get back into the groove once we got there. Yeah. Sorry. That was a side note. Tangent. (laughs) Okay. All right. So upon arrival, you're either going to park, which I think is most common, right? You're going to park your car. And even if you're having to stop every two minutes or three minutes for contractions and to kind of work through them and then keep walking, most people park and walk into their birthplace or, and I'm so grateful for this, a lot of hospitals if you arrive during certain hours, have valet. Right. And so you can just (laughs) drop your car off. Now let's talk about if you're arriving like this woman did in our course where she, um, she got there and she was already past transition and like it was coming. He pulled like a Michael Scott, throw the keys. It's okay. I'm with the birth team. (laughs) Exactly. And that's kind of what they did. Um, and that's okay too. Just know that that's not uncommon. I mean, they, they, put her into a wheelchair and like we're pushing her up she delivered within 10 minutes yeah yeah well and I will say earlier on 
in my doula career. And it wasn't totally my fault, but we were, I was working with the mom and she was handling it so well. I was like, she can't be there yet. Even yeah. though I had some of those signs, she was eating in the shower in transition. She's like, I was just afraid I wasn't going to be able to eat because that's what you said. And I'm like, Aww. well, yeah, most women don't eat during transition. Like right. they were just animal crackers, but I'm like, she can't what? But then she was like shivering and I'm like, you know what? Let's go to the hospital. <laughs> and it was one of those things like the dad parked the car. He like grabbed her out of it. I parked my car and then. I ran upstairs like her water popped shortly after but like the car was just left there and so I was actually the one to repark that which they'll tell you don't ever like park your clients cars and it's a liability and I'm like what are you supposed to do anyways so I ended up parking (laughs) their car for them and it was the same thing like she had that baby pretty quick yeah um the other thing you can do is you could have your partner um drop you off and kind of you head up and they go park your car i don't typically encourage this just because I feel yeah. like if you're arriving at the right time, which is active labor, think you're needing some maybe support or a lot of focus. And I just don't like the idea of mom being on her own. Yeah. During that Although time. my husband and I did do this with mm-hmm. our second and I was like, I don't want to walk because there were like stairs and like all the things. And I was yeah. in a good place. I was having really strong contractions, but I was like, but I will wait here for you in there this you lobby. Go. I'm oh, not going anywhere. Smart. And so he parked really quick and ran over. And yeah, but yes, I can this agree. is a good conversation though, to have with your partner. What do you think you're going to be most comfortable doing? And it's not even what you think you're most comfortable with now. It'll kind of depend on the situation and how yeah. things are going when you arrive. But again, these are things to talk about. How do we want to do that? Well, what if things are going really quickly? How how do we want to do that? Um, and if you have labor support, this is something that a yeah. couple of times you have to realize if you are, you've got all the support at home, but then you get into the car and typically the doula takes her own car and mom and dad are alone and then she doesn't have necessarily hands-on support. There's been a very few times where I've ended up in the car with a mom in the backseat, like counter pressure, we're on our it. way. Yeah. yeah. But most of the time you have to remember too that that's, this person is probably not right around the corner and will be taking their own vehicle so that they can leave at their own time. So, right. Something to consider. Exactly. Okay, so you've gotten the car dropped off. You're up on Took to... us 10 minutes to get the car dropped off. Okay. <laughs> oh man, we're in for a long haul. We'll try to be a little quicker about these. So anyway, you get to the labor and delivery unit and often you go into triage. And this isn't always a private room. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. It just depends on what they have going on and how busy they are. And also how intense you look like you're in, yeah, in labor. Right. Because um, when I showed up with my first... I don't know if I just didn't look like I was, you know, really having to work hard through these contractions. I was, but they put me into triage and they're like, we're just going to monitor you for a while. But when I showed up with my fourth, they, they could tell (laughs) that, no, she's in labor. We don't even have to like try to go through the rigmarole. We can just put her in her own private room. But, um, there's going to be paperwork for you to do. Try to have as much of this done beforehand as possible. You can actually um, ask for it. Maybe you can download it, but try to have as much of that done before and then change into a hospital gown. This is standard. If you want something that's not standard, you're going to need to make sure you let people know. But um, typically that's what we see happen. Right. And then we've got the other things like peeing in a cup or now there's the COVID test, which I think you can still say, I'm not going to take that. I don't want to take that um, if, if that's your choice. And then you, there might be lab work that needs to be done. That's typically when they're wanting to put an IV in or your HEPLOC. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you that part of the reason um, it's easier is because then they won't have to poke you again. But if you are like, I will not mention her name, someone very close to me, 
that was the information she was given and then she had to be poked again and again anyways anyway so it was like bad vein or whatever the case or any they she had to be poked again it was awful um so and then they want to get you on the monitors right they want to get a check on baby they want to look at heart rate they're checking out contractions they're checking on mom and then the vaginal exam that's kind of the big thing right they want to see like are you in quote active labor and we know that looks now looks like closer Should to six, be six centimeters. centimeters um however it used to be four and i think in a lot of places it still, still is you at four. four so um vaginal exam and and all of that that's part of the admission yeah obviously if your bag of waters has released you're admitted yes. like they're not going to turn you away at that point um Unless you voluntarily choose, hey, my kinder, I mean, hopefully you're not even showing up if your water has broken and contractions aren't really doing, there's a time and a place. <laughs> this is just what happens when we go to our birthplace. I, know, yes. I want to say, well, actually, there are some times when that would be, that's, that's information you can get um, in the course or on other episodes that yeah. we've done. Okay. So after your baseline strip, after a vaginal exam, they're going to evaluate all that information and they're looking for um, a threshold of, you know, what you're what your dilation's looking like, what your contractions are looking like, they may send you home. They may send you home. And this happens commonly. It's not uncommon for people to show up and they, you know, and they get there and maybe they're two centimeters dilated and contractions have maybe fizzled to 10 minutes apart. They're not very strong. And they'll go, you know, I don't think we're ready to admit you yet. Yeah. And they'll give you some choices. You know, you're welcome to, you know, walk around outside. You guys can return home. They'll maybe pull your provider into helping make that decision but you know it's kind of up to you what you do at that point don't feel embarrassed I guess is what I'm trying to say if you get there and they're like yeah not not quite yet yeah and and feel free to also say if they're like well let's keep an eye on you for another hour or two and you're having contract because they're going to want you hooked up the whole time they're Mm going to keep you in the small triage room with or without other people in there you have the freedom to be able to say I'm good. Like if we're not being admitted right now, I am going to go walk the halls or we're going to go grab a bite to eat. Maybe don't tell them. Anyways, Uh, (laughs) right. We're going to go take a walk. We're going to go outside, go to a park, whatever. Um, Feel free to have that freedom to do that yourself. But you guys, so these things are standard. Everything we talked about from the IV to being on the monitors to a vaginal exam, changing into a gown, peeing in a cup, all that stuff. That standard, you have choices. You have options. You can choose to wear your own clothes. You can choose to decline vaginal exams exams. We we hope you're starting to understand that you you really kind of have a choice in most everything. Yeah, I will I will say for admission though, I think vaginal exam is something that they require yeah. on the way in. That's like it's one of the the things that they do very first to decide if you're in active labor, if they can admit you. But then I think from that point on, it's kind of depends though. Cause up. again, like with my fourth, I showed up as very clearly right. yeah. in labor. They didn't have to do a vaginal exam to admit me. They could tell. By... But did they do a vaginal exam shortly after you were admitted? Yeah. I would say probably within 30 minutes and maybe that's what that yeah. is. Then. I would say one vaginal exam on the way in is pretty common. Yeah. So, but from that point on, you want them out of there. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth 
birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move into admission. You're now admitted. Let's say you've arrived there at the right time. You're in active labor. You're now going to get checked into a labor and delivery room. I haven't really heard of any recent stories of these not being private. You're going to have your own room. Right. Um, and so. Although if you're in Germany. <laughs> oh, do they not? You're birthing where, in a shared room? No, the actual like where you give birth, but where you're laboring, the labor like that was there was another person in there that had just had their baby and I was just oh they just combined it all I was like why would you do this to me I'm not there yet she's like cuddling with her baby and I'm trying to be quiet you know yeah okay well I I would love to know if you live someplace different other than the United States Canada like how is it done there are you laboring with another person in the room are there common rooms I think what they said when we um, like when you were filling out the paperwork and stuff is you could pay an extra fee to make oh. sure you had a private room but yeah. they were like but we're never very busy and so we were like we're not gonna pay the like 800 euros or whatever it was at the time we're like it's fine yeah we get there and it's like full and I'm like of okay. course well, of course that was a poor cho- what would they do though what if you pay the extra room and it's full anyways? Kick somebody. I guess it's three to a room Get now. <laughs> go, wait, go wait in the Money hallway. Money speaks. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So you may have more paperwork Sorry. to do um, if they've read over parts of your birth plan. Like, for example, I declined the hepatitis B vaccine for my baby. Um, that's something that they usually administer within an hour of birth. And so I had to um, sign some other documents acknowledging that I was declining some of those standard things for babies. So you may have a little bit more paperwork to do. If they haven't already started an IV and triage, they're definitely going to want to do one now. Um, And then from there, uh, they may have collected a baseline strip in triage, but we're likely going to see that their standard is about 20 minutes of monitoring per hour, monitoring baby's heart rate, monitoring contractions. You've got the beeping, you've got the lights. We've talked about how you can turn those things down. Um, and then you can move around the room, certainly. Um, you're attached to your IV pole or your monitors unless they have wireless stuff or you've opted for a hip lock. Um, Pre-COVID, you could walk the halls of the hospital. Right. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Not right now. Yeah, maybe here shortly. Wouldn't that be nice Yay. sometime this year? Uh, and then along with that, like you typically can't leave the hospital grounds once you're admitted, like ward of the hospital right, right. <laughs> like, you're, you're done there's no leaving <laughs> no. just kidding unless yeah once you got your baby then you get to go um so you can't leave the hospital grounds and then the nurse isn't there unless it's to like fix the electronic fetal monitoring um or to check in once every hour it's pretty rare that they're sitting with you especially during early labor yeah. you have to remember that they've got several people that they're working with throughout the time and they're all at different stages so yep. you just came in maybe you're at your four centimeters and you've got a ways to go they probably have other mothers in different places and, and with different needs so um, yeah. they're checking on a decent amount of people the other thing that comes along with that is the routine vaginal exams so yeah. 
maybe not every hour, but every couple hours, they're going to want to see, have we had any quote unquote progress in the way of dilation? You can absolutely tell them you do not want a vaginal exam. They cannot do it if you say, no, thank you. It's your vagina. You get to control what goes in there. (laughs) (laughs) Then you might be curious. It's totally fine to have them. You absolutely can have them, but you don't have to. Um, And we always say too, like if your bag of waters is not intact, intact, intact. Um, In other words, if it's broken, that you might not want to have them. You might want to avoid them in an effort to keep bacteria out of there um, and not have to worry about infection. Also, they're uncomfortable. Let's be real about that. So all the reasons you get to decide whether you want. I think you just need to also assess, am I in the mental space where if they came back and they said, yes, yep, you're the same as you were two hours ago. Am I going to be mentally strong enough to go, that's normal, not worried about it, not phase. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I know with my first, we seriously, you guys, I was in hard labor when I got there, but they checked me and I was like two or three centimeters dilated, which is what I had been at one of my doctor's visits the week before. Oh goodness. I was, I was discouraged, but I knew that that could be normal. And I think I've told you guys this before, but they're like, yeah, how about you walk the halls? And within 20 minutes, my water had broken and I was eight. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, oftentimes. Do you wish they wouldn't have checked? Or do you think the check had any bearing on you going so quickly afterwards? I don't think so. I think my body was going to do its thing regardless, but I was discouraged a little bit when I heard that, even though I knew that it was normal. Um, So I, I did like having the occasional vaginal exam and it's okay if you're like, I like the news. I like to know where I'm at. I'm just saying, if you're not prepared for it not being great news, Um, and or what looks like great news right exactly yeah. I've had um, some people where they were like you know I they checked me and I was the same dilation I was so discouraged that I just kind of went like forget it I don't I don't want to my birth plans just give me the epidural and they're like and I kind of regret not waiting a little bit longer so anyway I'm just saying be mentally prepared for either way but it's okay if you want and know that they're routine and that you can say yes or no yep exactly Uh, the other thing that we see is that your provider especially if you have an OB may or may not come in to check on you at all until you have your baby so oftentimes we see with providers unless they unless they're there for somebody else or making rounds for some other reason it's likely they're in their office or away in some way and the truth is you don't see them until it's time to push. So yeah. you, you start to hear, oh, we're, you're at a nine or we're getting really close. You'll hear him call the doctor, let him know. That's when things get exciting. Sure, your doctor comes in. He's all dressed up and ready to go. There's 10 people in the room and we've got carts everywhere and we're talking about baby. Um, but the truth is you might not see them that entire time until the very end. Exactly. Of course, we've talked about this before. Um, they're not going to want you to have or let you have food or drinks, only ice chips, occasionally flavored ice chips. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> they let you eat or drink? Oh, he was like, you better eat. I You're, love that. Yeah, this is a marathon. So Michael and I, we actually brought like tons of food of, of which I did not eat a lot, but I had like bell peppers and Gatorade and um, I had a friend that like brought actual food anyway. So it was, yeah, yeah I was totally able to eat. Was, was Michael awesome. happy? that Did he eat any of the food? Yeah. 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 Okay. Of course. So might be a good Not idea for me. your partner. Better, you know, <laughs> don't breathe that on me. Especially those bell pepper breath. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, No, I've shared that story that like my doctor came in to check on me during contractions. I was in the middle of a contraction. This means he was not in there for more than two minutes, like for sure. Yeah. But came in, he was eating. Not only did I have to hear the chewing of the peanut M&Ms, but then he was breathing that into my <laughs> face while talking to me while I'm having a, I didn't even ever get to answer him. So anyways, smells, right? I love it's that you separate. remember that they were peanut m Do you notice how? 
much. We, yes, yeah. this stuff matters. Well, <laughs> you're sensitive already me. during pregnancy and your sense of smell is especially more sensitive oh, and it, during but in birth. labor, just yeah. right? Like yep. everything. And that's why I love essential oils. You guys know that, but that's oh, yeah. why I'm like, just, I know you love that, but don't like go crazy with it during birth. Cause you might not, feel you might like it one minute and hate it the next for exactly. real. Yep. Um, and then again, we're talking about things that are standard. They may offer pain meds if it seems like you're having some intense contractions unless otherwise noted. This is normal. They, they're, this is something they feel is helpful to you. And so they may say, are you wanting the anesthesiologist soon? Um, we're starting to get some people in here. And if you want to be on that list and, um, you know, I know a lot of women are grateful that they offer that. So you guys, these things are all standard, but you have options, right? You can present your birth plan with your preferences for each stage of birth and even after. The IV, you have options. Um, the monitoring, you have options. Freedom of movement, freedom of equipment, you know, showers, birthing balls, that kind of thing. Um, and then anything else that you've already discussed with your provider, um, whether or not you're going to be eating and drinking, um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Well, no, I was thinking too, if you know, you're going to want some of those things, if you know, you're going unmedicated and you want to be able to use a birth ball or a peanut ball, and you want to know where the washcloths are and all that, then shortly after you get admitted to the hospital room, that's when you should ha- you and your Request partner, like, fi- yeah, figure yeah. out what you need. Um, even like hot pads or just anything you're going to need. That's a really good time to exactly that. setting up the environment you have so many choices there you can turn don't down wait or... until you need it right, right? like yeah how often have we been at births where like now the mom would like the birthing ball oh but the other girls it's gonna be a what you know or like yeah. the wireless monitors or whatever and it just takes time it always takes more time all right so obviously there's gonna be some changes that come when we introduce things like um new medications and so if you've had an epidural we've talked about this before you're going to be permanently hooked up to the um fetal monitoring. Um, you're going to be in bed, likely reclined. Um, you'll be catheterized. You've got on the blood pressure cuff and they're monitoring your oxygen. So you've got all those things. This is standard, but you have options. Yes. Even when you're choosing to utilize some of these things, um, you can choose how often you're hitting that button on your epidural, uh, catheter little thing towards the end. Um, you can still choose some different positions even with an epidural. So you've got options. Right. And we do recommend making sure that you know everything that comes into play when you choose those things. That way you can do some, like maybe you didn't know if you had an epidural that you can ask them to switch you from side to side. If they don't do that normally, you're, I mean, you absolutely need to be moving your body even when you have an epidural. So yes, you just right. need to have the information so that you can utilize it in a way that's useful for you. Exactly. So then we move into pushing, right? We're getting excited. This is the part where we're going to meet our baby. And we kind of talked about it before. If you haven't seen your provider yet, this is when you see them now. They're bringing in all the trays. The nurses are coming, birth assistants, stuff for the baby um, and people for the baby to make sure that when baby's born, everything's there um, for all all the necessities and any emergencies. So if you are a 10, right? Or in other words, you are complete. You're ready to push this baby out. That's when they call the doctor in. If not, he's going to be probably the last person that you see. However, they'll still get everything set up. And this is really exciting, right? Like you've talked about this. It's encouraging. Yeah. Share that again. I know you've shared it before, but I just, I was in the throes of transition and you're, you're starting to go, I I can't do this anymore. Like I don't want to do this anymore. This is, this is going to last forever that my husband laughs about that now, but I kept saying like, (laughs) this is going to last forever and he kind of in such a sweet moment he like you know got my attention hands on me looks me in the eyes he goes court 
They're bringing in the delivery tray. They're setting everything up. This isn't going to last forever. You are almost done. And my, my spirit, my heart, they took courage. And I was like, oh, I Oh, I am. Like, I, I don't know. When I was in my Lala birthing one, I hadn't noticed all those people coming in, the nurses for the baby. Um, they're turning on the warming lights. Like, that was really, that gave me, I think, the mental and physical strength and courage I needed to finish over yeah. that last hurdle. And you're not the only one. That's really common, right? Like, yeah. that's like breath of fresh air. Oh my gosh, it really is happening. Like, it's yeah. official. Everything's here. I'm almost done. You're right. Um, and so the most common thing that we see is with a mom semi-reclined on her back, right? And dad helping to lift her up during a contraction for pushing so that she can be kind of in a curled position over her belly um, and giving a good push. Oftentimes, dad's holding one leg, mom's holding the other. Um, yeah. Or if you have an epidural, commonly we see the nurses on one side or doula on one side holding one leg dad's on the other and mom's rolled up a little bit so that's the most common it's standard yeah. it doesn't have to be like that we've we've talked about this before like both of us have been in situations where we have seen providers knelt down next to the bed with mom or next to a wall and she's squatting baby birthing them right there so it doesn't have to look like this or hung over a bed um hungover. <laughs> <laughs> hung over. like that. um hanging over the, e- the end of the bed and birthing her baby in a squatted position like that so there's yeah. different ways that you can do it but this is most common right and then you've right. got a nurse okay ready take a deep breath one one two, two three. three and you're like shut up no maybe <laughs> maybe that's not what you're thinking maybe you're like oh thank goodness somebody's helping me but anyways that's the time too we tell dads like lean in and let her know you know you can listen to your body take a deep yeah. breath push how you want to push so yeah and then um it could be standard depending on your provider your place of birth to have a routine episiotomy and again you guys these things are standard, but you have <laughs> options just like we've talked about. You've got freedom of position, whether or not you want people coaching you during pushing or not, whether or not you have an episiotomy or not, you've got choices. Right. As long as you know them and you've had the discussion with your partner and your provider beforehand, then you have the choices, right? And exactly. you don't have birth happen to you. All right. So upon, and I've heard so many midwives say it's not delivering. That makes it, you know, you deliver a pizza, not a baby, right. but you guys get what we're saying, right? <laughs> So once baby is born, um, what is standard is that their cord is um, cut and clamped and reverse that, clamped, (laughs) then cut, not the other way around. And if you're at a baby-friendly hospital, they're delivered to your belly. They're placed on your belly. Um, And so then you've got nurses coming in with blankets and they put the blanket on the baby um, who's on you and they immediately start kind of rubbing them down pretty pretty vigorously. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're trying to if baby hasn't taken their first breath already, they're, they're trying to encourage that. Is it the animal video where, which animal is it that births the baby and they're like not super awake? Is it an elephant? And they like grab him up and start slamming him on the ground. I'll put the video. Oh my it was, gosh. no, it was so cute because they come out and they're like not breathing. They're not do anyways. This is why they're vigorous with the babies. Like they stimulate so that they take big breaths and we want to hear them cry and we want to, you know, right. have them pink up and, and all this stuff. But yeah, I think there was this one video and they birth their baby and she's looking at him and she's kind of nudging at him and they're not doing it. So she picks him up and just slams him a couple of oh times, but and they wake right up and then yeah. she's like loving on him and kiss. Anyways, was that dramatic <laughs> for you? I'm sorry. 
such a I'm a little bit traumatized but we will keep going on it was very loving it was a loving slamming to the yes. ground I'll have to I'll wake you up yeah you You're better not doing link that well. I gotta up. see it yes. Slap the same em. way I wake up my children for school so <laughs> it's very loving um anyway Sorry. these nurses are they're assessing babies APGAR right which is just a score on how well they're doing immediately upon being born and um they're brought up to your chest and they're going to come in with a stethoscope they're listening to baby's heart they're listening to their lungs um and then we move into what we call active management of the third stage and I love that you talked about this on Instagram stories not that long ago well we had a question and you don't real sometimes you guys we know so much that we forget what we don't know what we didn't know when we started yeah and so when we get questions like hey I heard that you get a shot of Pitocin after you've had your baby even if you have them unmedicated tell me more about that it's like oh yeah you might not know that now of course we cover this in the birth course but yeah. just to to be somebody listening along I don't think we've ever even talked about that nope you want to tell yeah. us a okay a little so, bit yes. about it yeah okay so what happens especially in a hospital setting but also it can happen in birth center and at home births is active management of third stage and that means you have somebody actively managing the birth of the placenta in other words they want to get that placenta out in a certain amount of time and make sure that mom doesn't hemorrhage those are the big parts of what you're trying to do after a birth and so pitocin as we know is the synthetic form of oxytocin which is what creates our contractions and so when they give a shot of pitocin even on an unmedicated mom after the idea is we know she's going to have the strong contractions that she needs to get that uterus to clamp down so that we can expel the placenta quickly so we don't have hemorrhage hemorrhage yeah. right and so not it's not just the shot of pitocin um, the provider is pushing on your stomach on your uterus it's not super Super comfortable and they're given a little tug on the cord to help the placenta let go there's different thoughts around this I know for myself I don't super love that for me however I've had it and it worked fine but with my my last baby in my home birth I, I had no desire for that there was no pitocin that was used we didn't even have to use um, the other way to do this right the like yeah. more natural crunchy you might Granola. not love the idea of this way yeah. is to take off a little chunk of the placenta, wash it off and stick it in your cheek. You can use the, the baby's cord as well, the placental cord. Um, and same thing, it gives a rush of oxytocin and same thing, it gets contractions going and helps expel the placenta. But for myself, my placenta wasn't born until about 30 minutes after and my midwife was a little like, okay, like let's, you know, let me help get things moving. Yeah. You don't want it to stay stuck in there. That's a whole other issue. Right. Um, but I liked that more for me. That was the more gentle approach for me so you I mean you have choices here know that if you're in a hospital setting it's going to be more of the active management side that is mm-hmm. normal natural procedure for them but that's a conversation to have with your provider exactly also that was the quick version of it so, <laughs> sorry if that we, was a lot of information at once fire yeah. host yeah so um after that your provider is going to be assessing for damages yeah. <laughs> Which is just kind of a not so nice way of saying they're evaluating for tears. Yes. And um, you've got, like Steph said, people mashing on your belly. Um, at this point, though, baby is usually taken over to where the warmers are so that they can be evaluated. Um, they've got little heart monitors on them. They're going to be weighed, diapered, swaddled, um, shots, eye ointment. I, th- I think they're testing babies for COVID. I, I think if mom approves that, and it probably depends on the hospital and provider, yeah. so I can't blanket statement. It's going to be it. The standard is going to be different, and the procedure right. is going to be different where you go. Um, but anyway, usually while that's happening is if you've while that's going on 
if you've had a tear, that's normally when they're doing the repair work for that and things like that. But once you're stitched up, cleaned up, baby's brought back to you, um, this is a great time to breastfeed if you haven't already done that. And um, the nurse will, if you haven't had an epidural, you've had an unmedicated birth, they're going to need you to get up and pee before letting you leave labor and delivery. Um, and if you have had an epidural, you're still catheterized. And so they don't need to worry about It'll that. It'll take a little while. <laughs> you guys, this is the standard, but you have options. Um, you have options in the newborn procedures, what and when things happen to your baby. You have choices in how long that they stay on your chest and that initial breastfeeding happens. You have choices in cord clamping. You have choices, like Steph pointed out, whether you do the active management versus a more natural delivery of the placenta or a hybrid, somewhere in between. Um, you even have choices in... Um, kind of how how much they're wiping down your baby I swear there's like some nurses who are <laughs> determined to get every bit yeah. of vernix off that baby yeah. um, but if they're already crying and breathing and doing okay like you, you have choices over over that you can have it be a little bit more gentle all right so let's talk about the postpartum okay this is after baby is delivered or born and after that placenta comes out this is the postpartum uh, so you're wheeled up to the postpartum recovery room that means you're done with labor and delivery room everything has been cleaned up you've probably had a chance to nurse and now you head up to labor and or not labor and delivery what is it called recovery maternity right? floor maternal yeah sometimes it's the same I do yeah, know some places where same. it's all the same room but yeah. I feel like my the most common experience is that it's somewhere else you move on yep yeah. <laughs> go on yeah. you progressed in your journey yeah um this room may or may not be private this is more common that you would see a shared experience here so don't be afraid of that and just know I mean that's another reason to like Let's do what we need to do and head out of here yeah. <laughs> and get back home and have our experience by ourselves. Um, new nurses are assigned, one for you and one for baby. Uh, they never seem to come at the same time. So <laughs> it's Sorry. just another part of the postpartum or being in a hospital and just everybody's on their own schedule, right? Um, the IV stays in ridiculously long, even if it wasn't used during birth. Like they are drives me crazy. Yeah, and I think they're. It's just that concern of like, but what if? Yeah, if you and have that's a, why you have it in the first place. But what if? Right. Like I, I know, but for mine, um, it it just started to get kind of painful because there was nothing going through yeah. there. There just so it became very irritating. Um, when I would hold my baby to nurse them, it just would kind of. I don't know. I didn't love it. So, um. Anyway, let's move on. Can you tell I wrote this outline because I'm starting to get very frustrated about the IV stays in a ridiculously long time. Sorry, let's keep going. But there's lots of people moving in and out of that space. They're bringing you food. They're checking your insurance. They're getting birth certificate stuff done. They're cleaning. Baby nurse, your nurse, um, the OB or midwife to check on you, the on-call pediatrician or your baby's pediatrician to come check on them. It's just, it's a lot of movement. Um, typically I think it's most common now to have baby rooming in with mom. Um, and, um, more often than not, your partner gets to stay overnight if you want them to. Yeah. And then you have the stuff for baby. So they typically do a hearing test on baby. They'll get their bath. Um, and then they, if you've had a vaginal delivery, it's at least 24 hours before you can head home. If you've had a cesarean birth, they like to see 72 plus. And then discharge takes forever. Why? I don't know. It's so <laughs> frustrating because they'll come, they'll tell you the night before. So you should be discharged at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then they'll tell you at 8 a.m. when that shift gets, well, we're actually running a little behind. It might be two o'clock. 
fucking any rave. I don't know what they're doing, but it yeah. takes a long time. Um, and then too, sometimes they might like come and do baby pictures. I know some hospitals do that. Yep. Or there's one hospital near us that offers like, would you, what postpartum treatment would you like? You can get a facial or you can get, yes. What? I know. I, I'm like, do I You're going to have to tell me after. Oh, my gosh. So they have, there's a tech school nearby. And yeah. so they offer the tech students to come in and they do this as part of Aww. their practice. But then the moms get to choose. And so they can have a hair treatment or a face treatment. Or Bless a them. Manicure or a pedicure. I'm, I'm like, I know. Yeah. So absolutely. much yes to that. Also, maybe we should teach some belly binding, right? Yeah. That would be a great option yeah. to have. And so, and then the other side, like making sure that you've got your car seat and, and bassinet. Ba- bassinet. No, you're not going to need a bassinet night in your car okay the car seat and the base in the car and then if you're deciding if you're going to be wheeled out or if you walk out and sometimes they don't even allow you to pick you have to be yeah wheeled out, so. I was going to say I know for most hospitals they have to visually see and make sure the car seat's in the car and you have to be wheeled out right so yeah anyway Yep. So you guys, these things are standard for postpartum in a hospital delivery but you have options you have options with um if your baby is going to be bathed at the hospital or who and when that happens. Um, I, I know we talk about in the course. I'm not sure if we've covered. There's some concerns about doing it too soon. Um, you have options in whether or not your baby goes without you somewhere, maybe for that newborn hearing screening or if somebody's always with them. Oh, that's uh, the other thing. They can be brought to the nursery. Yes. Forgot about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a, a lot of them are standard. Like, okay, you've had your baby and now they're going to go to the nursery. Like you can't sleep with them in your room. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, you can talk to your provider about potentially having a shorter stay. If you've had a vaginal delivery, no complications. I did get permission from my midwife to do that. But then um, apparently that didn't go through the chain of command. Yeah. And I was denied yeah. that later on. Um, anyway, yeah, you can choose. If you are like, no, I, I really need a few hours of solid sleep. And I just, you can choose to send them to the nursery. That's not that's not always a bad thing. Um, but typically yeah. it's, it's best especially if you're looking to breastfeed to have baby close and nearby so you can pay attention to their hunger cues and things like that and just the same way that you can kind of set the environment set the tone for your birthing room you can do the same thing with your postpartum room I wish that I had brought a white noise machine I wish that I had brought my own pillow and blanket um, but you can choose what happens with the monitors beeping with the lights Um, you do have some control over that environment and then obviously there's lots of details and information and variations that we didn't cover in this episode that obviously get covered within the birth course and that includes things like what if I'm GBS positive or if I'm having an induction or if cesarean birth becomes necessary Um, even if you know you're going to have a cesarean birth prior to going into labor what if there's some mom curveballs like labor progression is awkward and the pattern is awkward there's all kinds of things that can happen that we obviously didn't have time to cover here yeah what if you get thrown some curveballs for baby right that could be during the birth itself or it could be um, after they're born too. What about a fast birth like we talked about or a slow birth or what if you have a super helpful hands-on nurse? That's great. But what if you have a kind of an unsupportive nurse? There's, There's all these variations is what we're trying to say to the standard hospital type experience that you might have that you're going to want to be prepared for. And um, we we can't have a three hour podcast <laughs> episode. And so just know that if you're looking for more Although information. Although you might love it. 
Yeah, you, you could. Love it. <laughs> Staff in court for three hours. So if you want to hear us for three hours, podcast style, <laughs> join us in the course. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I don't even think we take three hours to explain no, all that. But don't. the point is, if you want the information in a succinct, easy to follow way, we cut the fluff. We tell you what you need to know. Um, you want to know what those options are, come join us in the course. We'd love to have you. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you. 